Mm. All right, so uh, hello, this is uh, Base God Stony, and I don't know what exactly yet I'm going to name the podcast, so I'm going to keep it kind of as a blanket statement right now, and I'm just going to make this little 20-minute excerpt, you know, you know, just to get the podcast going, uh, post a little clip here and here. I mean, maybe make the episode like around an hour. I don't know if I can do this for an hour or not, but I'm going to try um, you know, until I can get some podcast hosts, you know, just just an episode to see how I run it, see if my personality is enough, you know, to bring it to that level. So for right now, I'm going to stick with the name Cloudademics because that's a podcast I used to run way back in the day. It, it pulls some decent views. But topic one, I think I've, it really needs to be talked about because it really it's really never been solved or anything like the. uh the Meg, the Megan and Tory situation, right? Where essentially, like around a year ago, right? Tory goes and shoots Megan the Stallion in the fucking thigh or whatever. See, my biggest whole question about this entire case is, right? If you go and you shoot this bitch point blank with witnesses, and you still, and you know, and it's still been a year. You know what I mean? Like it's still been. It's still been a complete year where I don't even know if Tory's been indicted. I mean, Tory's career ain't even really taking a hit off of it neither. I mean, he's just going fluid. Like, he is going real fucking fluid right now. He's he's probably making, in my opinion, Tory makes better music than Meg. I enjoy Tory's music way more than I enjoy Meg's. Like, Meg makes some fucking... Uh, Meg makes some thought thought ass fucking stripper music for hoes who pop X and suck fucking ninety seven dicks back to back to back. That's my opinion. You know, I mean, it sounds a little fucked up. Does it sound a little fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little. Yeah, probably not the best. Probably not the best opinion to share on a podcast. But I'm saying fuck it. But anyways, back to the situation at hand. You know, just in my opinion, in my opinion, we've given it a year for the facts to come here. I I still can't get on the bandwagon of, oh, it's a woman. I have to agree with what I have to validate what she's saying. Right. Well, I'm I'm not even going to put it like that. I'm you know, sometimes I don't really know the right words to say. What I mean is it's like, okay, so her whole point of view is I'm a woman and I'm being victimized and let me have my uh let me have my platform to speak that out of you you know and see here my only issue with that is right if that was the case and you were the victim of the situation then why in the flying fuck has it taken a year for a gun charge if it's that shut if it's that open and shut you know what i'm saying like it must not be an open and shut case. I mean, if you get shot and you publicize it on your social media, the first thing you do, which was fishy as fuck, by the way. It's always fishy when the girls do that. I There ain't never been a time where that hasn't been fishy. At least for me, like, I, I know if a serious crime happens against me and I want to pursue legal action, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a lawyer. I'm going to talk about it with a lawyer. And... I really couldn't see, I I really could not see social media being a component of that case in any in any way, shape, or form. So that's my personal issue with it. It's like, does that even? 
it's like, what is the point of doing that other than other than me reaching out for sympathy and clout? Like for me, that's what that is. But, you know, we're going to look at it differently, like because whenever you're in that social media lens, it's like, well, they need a voice. It's like, well, Meg has a voice. It's not like Meg is just some random fucking Twitter thought who got shot by Tory. No, Meg has a Meg had fucking city girls fucking had hits with whoever the fuck. I don't fucking pay attention to fucking Meg's music. I know she's a little fucking thoughty ass hit maker, though. She makes some serious bops. I mean, like, I mean, it's to the point where she's about as. I don't even know if Nikki's more mainstream than Meg is now. Like, Meg is definitely Cardi B level at this point. So it's like she has the voice. She has this thing. You know, Meg definitely has the voice, has a voice to be heard, right? It's not like whenever it gets in the courts, it's going to be pushed away because she's just some random girl. That's not the fucking case. She is a full-blown celebrity. It is a high... It it is definitely a fucking high priority case, right? Because of because of how famous everyone in the situation is. Because Meg is probably Meg is bigger than Tory Lanez. That's the thing. So it just for me it depends on how you you can kind of look at it through the whole uh, progressive Twitter lens, and that's how I like to put it. I don't like saying the whole SJW thing because that's fucking stupid. It's a stupid fucking title to have. It's a stupid fucking thing to say, really. So, I like to put it more in the Twitter progressive category, right? Within the Twitter progressive category, why do we uh, why do we look at these situations and we're never open-minded about it? And for me, like, for, me, for you to be progressive, you need to be open-minded. Why do we never look at these situations in a, in a truly progressive manner? Like, we have to actually think, okay... What if Tory had a reason to shoot this bitch? I I, I don't. I, he might. Maybe she was being aggressive as shit. Maybe she was talking all types of shit and he shot her. I don't know. Or maybe he didn't fucking shoot her. And that's the question that has to be asked, right? Because it, it keeps coming up. It came up the whole the baby situation, where she's like becoming really toxic and is getting in this place of. Why don't you believe me in this? Why don't you believe me in that? I'm like, bitch, it's been a fucking year. Why would we believe you? We've given you far... We've given you so much time for you to bring actual evidence. And there's no actual evidence evidence that's been brought up. Other than your leg wound. Which, I mean, cool, I guess. And, I don't know, man, it just seems fishy to me. Like, it's been this fucking long, and we don't have definitive proof that Tory did it. it. I mean, at this point, it's a cold case. It's been a year. It is a cold case. I'm saying Tory is innocent. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to agree with the shit, but I'm saying Tory is innocent. I'm saying Tory... Look, look, look. Look, no offense here. I'm saying Tory... That motherfucker Tory probably didn't fucking do it. It seems like a clout chaser move to me. And, you know, I don't have any problem with it. It's an industry move. This point blank, it is an industry move by an industry person. Megan is not a real person. She's an industry person. As long, I mean, the, the baby is, too. I mean, a lot of rappers are industry people. So there's no real friendships, loyalties in, in that. 
So whatever you do to get some buzz, whatever you need buzz, need buzz or sympathy. And with women, that whole sympathy card, that's like some crazy buzz. I don't know why it is like that, but it it just fucking works, bro. Like it works on like some crazy amount. I don't even know how to fucking explain. It's just it just works in a different way. Because then you have feminist Twitter coming in to defend her, and then you have, uh, then you have progressive Twitter going in there, and then you have, uh, and then you have uh, just regular regular dudes who who are thinking, man, he he really shot Meg. That's fucked up. I'm not gonna support Tory now, which is completely normal. I wouldn't want to support a fucking a fucking rapper from Canada who fucking shot Meg the Stallion in the fucking thigh. Just a weird, it's just a weird move completely, you know, I mean, for me, I can't, I can't sit here and fucking debate that, right, I can't sit here and debate the fact that shooting the bitch was probably fucked up, right, I can't debate that shit, there, there ain't no debating, if he did it, it's fucked up, and does he deserve to be canceled, I don't really believe in it, but, I mean, that's up to you, that's, that's up to the, that's up to your interpretation, right, of what canceling really means. If I fuck with your music, I don't. That doesn't mean I have to fuck with you. But some people cannot separate that, and that's a that's a big problem for me. If you cannot separate the music from the actual, the music from the person, because there is a big difference. I mean, no, the mu. No, don't get me wrong. The music definitely represents who that person is, right? But if if something, man, I don't know how to say it, man. If Something you do creatively speaks to me in that type of way. I'm not saying Tory music, Tory's music does that for me, but for example, XXX Tentacion, right? Whenever he had all of his abuse cases and all all that going on, his music spoke to me in a way where I was like, you know, regardless of what crimes and shit he's committed, his music speaks to me in such a fucking way. I would. You know, I'm doing myself a disservice by not listening to it. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it is it has helped me through a lot. So I'm never going to be the guy who's like, well, you got to stop listening to their music. I mean, no, if you have a personal fucking connection to their fucking music, then I'm not going to tell you to quit listening to it. Because if you can, here's my biggest, here's, here's the thing. The music is not the person, right? And if you can't make, and if you can't make that difference, well, I mean, of course you're gonna say, well, well, I mean, whenever I click on their music, I'm getting them money. I'm getting when the truth of the matter is, you're really not. You're getting the fucking label money unless they're an independent artist. If they're independent, and yeah, you're getting the money. But most of the time, artists won't make a fucking dime off of their fucking singles. All they make money off of is whenever they go and perform. That's it. And that's the that's just the reality of how what the music business is. It's whenever you're signed to a label, you are signed there so you can blow up and after the contract deal is over, you can actually fucking start making money. I mean I I mean it's not I think most people fucking know that and my bad I fucking I've been up since fuck what? Like I woke up five PM Nah yeah, it was six PM and now it's 8 a.m. So I've been up for a fucking minute. Fuck. And I and I pulled a fucking 16-hour shift yesterday. So just me trying to podcast, see what I can do on my own. You know, 
you know, see what type of conversations we can have within this, you know, see how interesting it is. Like if my podcast isn't interesting, I'm just point blank. I'm going to have to rebrand, put some, put, give myself some co-host, see what I can do with that. I mean, other than that, I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I just want to see, I just want to see what I can do as a creative because I know I have a creative mindset. So I think this, I think the whole podcast thing is going to suit me like a glove. If not, though, shit, fucking hate on me like a motherfucker. I, I don't care. Go ahead and do it. I deserve it. If I'm shit, I'm shit, you know? If I suck at it, let me fucking know. Tell me, hey, hey, Stoney, you fucking suck at that shit. Fucking quit. Go kill yourself. I hate you. All that. Go fucking spam it up. Like, I I love y'all. I really do. But anywho, man, sometimes I really don't know what to talk about. Like, I, I'm a bit of a motor mouth, though, so it helps. It helps. I feel like I feel like I got that, you know? I, I do. And by the way, it's a whole lot harder to fucking do a podcast just by yourself. You're not hearing anybody. And for, like, for me, I need somebody's feedback. You know, when, when somebody's, like, hyping me up, like, damn, like, I can feel when I'm doing good, but, right... Like, right here, I have no fucking clue. Like, I have no clue whether I'm fucking overperforming, underperforming, whether this is boring as shit, whether, you, you know what I mean. You know, but, okay, next fucking topic. I don't know if I should talk about Tyler's album or not, because I'm not really the review critic type of guy. I mean... Because I can say some, like, very basic shit about his album, right? I can be like, well, it was kind of like Cherry Bomb infused with all the new shit he's been dropping. And it all I can really do is say it was great. I didn't dislike any tracks. I really liked a few. I don't I don't really know what else to say about it. It wasn't like a... I'd probably give it like an 8.5 or something. It wasn't... For me, it wasn't anything too special. I enjoyed it. Well, no, it was special, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't in that classic tier. You know what I'm saying? Like, Flower Boy was, you could call Flower Boy a classic if you want to. You can definitely make that argument. I just don't think Tyler's last album was in that fucking, you know, was in that conversation. I don't think you can put it in that fucking conversation, really. I mean, For it to be put in that conversation, I... I don't know. It would have had to have been so different. It would have... For me, that's what a Tyler album has to be, right? For him to be in the classic area, because he, he he's never going to put out all 10 out of 10 songs. One of those songs is going to sound like, eh, I don't really fuck with that. But that's not really what creates a classic either. It's the fucking critic review and what the community thinks. And I'm not talking about the hip-hop Twitter community. I'm talking about the hip-hop community in general. You you know, and you'd have to be a hip hop fan before 2018 to know what the fuck I mean by that, because you can tell whenever your homeboys get together and talk, or or the review, whenever you watch the reviews on it, whenever you just hang around people that like hip hop and we talk about classics, we're always gonna talk about Take Care, Illmatic, uh, fuck, uh, Take Care, Illmatic, Thirty Six Chambers, Good Kid, Mad City. To Pimp a Butterfly. Those are always going to be considered classics, right? In the, in the circle, right? And then there's the old fringe classics, which are the underground ones. I mean, because definitely, uh, fuck, Doomsday was definitely a fucking classic. I, 
I look at it as I definitely look at it as a classic. And there's a lot of there's a lot of underground albums that I would consider classics, and they're not really talked about enough to be considered classics. So they're kind of like those little cult classics for like the fan base, and yeah. But that that's that's essentially how I rate that. But yeah, Tyler's new album. I don't know. I wasn't underwhelmed. I wasn't overwhelmed. That's all I'm gonna say about it. it very. I have to appreciate his consistency, though, right? Because this is something I haven't really seen from Tyler. For him to make these albums this consistently, fucking Flower Boy was a 9, Igor was an 8.5, this one was an 8.5. It's Call Me When You're Lost. Yeah, Call Me When You're Lost was an 8.5. And, you know, before that, he really had a... He never really found his sound. I mean, he found his sound, but he never found, I don't know. He never found a direction he wanted to go in completely. He was still in the shock rap. He was still in the shock rap fucking factor of things. He was still in this fucking headspace of, okay, let me be as edgy as possible and make this weirdest shit get people talking about me, right? And that was really his first two albums. I mean, he really calmed down on Wolf, but... You know, with Goblin and Bastard, it was definitely shock rap, and I mean, there was a little bit of him in there, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a lot of him in there, where he was, like, using these characters to represent how he felt in, like, such a fucking exaggerated way, right? Like, like obviously, in, in songs like her, he wasn't really trying to fucking go and kill that bitch or anything, like, he, he didn't really want to fucking kill her, he was just trying to... I think he did something cool by exaggerating his emotion like that. I think it was cool in the way of where it's a very misunderstood project. People look at it and think, well, that's not Tyler. He's playing a character. No, this is Tyler, but he's just exaggerating how he feels to push. Because if you look at the actual message of each song, right, he's trying to push something, right? Even when he's talking about fuck them, fuck that, I'm a just crazy fucking foul shit, right? It's him trying to be as over-exaggerative as possible. Over-exaggerative? That's not even the fucking word. I gotta stop using smart words because I'm really a dumb motherfucker sometimes. But no, whenever he's trying to over-exaggerate these fucking, this content, right, of just this shock value rap. And it seems like bullshit from the surface, right? But a lot of the time in his earlier stuff, he was using the shock value rap to represent how he really felt in just a crazy way, right? And I, I can I can respect that, but he still didn't know where creatively he wanted to go completely. Because I think he knew, I can do this when I'm young, but I'm going to sound corny than a bitch if I'm doing this when I'm fucking 42, so, I mean, he's had some rough spells. I think Cherry Bomb was probably his weakest project ever. So, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm going to go ahead and get off of Tyler because y'all about to eat me the fuck alive if I fucking do that. If I stay on fucking Tyler's nutsack, y'all about to eat me alive. So, what else can I talk about? Um, oh, fuck, yeah, I got to talk about Code of the Friend. Uh, I don't like that. I really don't like having to talk about it because there's not enough facts to do it. 
So I guess I can speak on complete allegations, which I really don't like to do. You know, because whenever I speak on just complete allegations, there's... It really... And especially Coda not speaking up for himself yet. I don't know. That's just like one of those situations where it's like, okay. Okay, whenever I speak about it, right? Sometimes it feels like you're just bullying the... You're... You're like bullying the defendant, right? When he hasn't been, no charges have been fucking pressed. I not. I think she did press charges. Okay, let me start over. So essentially, this girl is saying, saying that Coda raped her, beat her, verbally abused. It was just, just crazy shit, right? Like some real, <laughs> like some real shit. But then she goes on to say. That the rape and the physical abuse wasn't a big deal. And I'm just like, you know, the contrarian in me wants to be like, well, I mean, if it wasn't that bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're saying it wasn't that bad, like, in my mind, is it possible you're over-exaggerating this to fucking have this blow up on Twitter? Like, that's, that's where my head goes with it. But I have no clue whether he, I mean, if he's out here raping bitches and, and see, that's another thing, right? When I hear the word rape, I'm thinking like forceful. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't even think this is shit I should be saying on my fucking podcast. But and then she uses the word sexual coercion while in a relationship. I I don't know what that means, right? Well, I know what it means, but I don't know what it means specifically in her case. Should I say? Like, does that mean he tried to fuck her when she was drunk, when they were in a relationship? And then, I I don't know. Like, did he scare her into it? I I don't know. Because whenever you say sexual coercion, coercion, however you say that, bro, my bad. My fucking pronunciation is shit. But whenever you say things like that, I don't really fucking know how to address it. Because I know when you say that, sexual coercion or whatever, it means he didn't fucking pin you down and rape you. That's what it means to me. It, it's it's not her actually being raped in that. So I hope not. I hope, I hope that's not what she meant by it. And honestly, it's such a weird case, too, because it's Coda the fucking friend. It's like, that guy is like literally so fucking wholesome. <laughs> Or seems to be. He has like a real positive energy about him. And I don't think anybody really knows how to handle or perceive any of this. And I don't really. So I don't really know how to even talk about it. I mean, I'm obviously having to address it. Because I'm fucking coming up with ideas on the podcast on the fly. Just letting this bitch flow. But I don't know how to address this shit. It's like, do we just sit here and. On one case, I have to applaud people for being so supportive of the woman in this situation. I I do have to applaud people for that. But at the same time, whenever we're demonizing this guy without any actual critical evidence. And the woman did say she she did press charges. But to my knowledge, Coda has not been indicted yet. And without without an indictment, right? That means they have not found enough evidence to indict them yet. Whenever they do find enough evidence to indict them, 
that means they have an actual charge and he's probably going to face prison time. But since that hasn't happened yet and the only thing she indicted him on was an assault charge and not the rape, that's the that's the weird part. It just... I don't, I don't know. I think there's definitely... I think there's definitely some truth to what is being said from her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's completely fake. I just don't think I'm, I don't think everything she says that happened actually happened though. I, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it was to the extreme to what she was saying. I just can't see cool. And, and you know me, I'm actually, I've actually came from a background where my parents were abusive. My dad was abusive. My mom was emotionally abusive and distant so i'm i'm not not if these situations happen to where i wish her the best i think she should get counseling so she can get over it well not get over it but you know learn how to adapt to it and learn how to manage her life from this point on so me coming from that background i i i can understand if this actually happened and i can understand the person not seeming like they do it and so they can get away with it so i can understand how i can understand where she's coming from i can understand where i you know what like in in the middle of this fucking podcast i realized my own hypocrisy in what i was saying you know and that that's big because i can't necessarily prove that code is not doing it i can't prove that he is so naturally <clears throat> naturally in me i just wanted to to defend Coda because I liked his music. But for me, I'm trying to take a really indifferent stance on this, to be honest. I, Because I don't know. I don't know. If you take one stance and not the other, it's like, I'm not going to not listen to Coda's music. I'm not going to be the type that's going to be like, okay, I'm going to wait to the evidence. Until then, I'm not listening to Coda's music and I'm canceling them. No, because that's fucking retarded. How do I cancel somebody before we have evidence of it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. If there's evidence, fucking bitch me about it. Like, just fucking send me the evidence and call me a fucking hoe-ass dude. A fucking misogynistic dickhead. Whatever you want to call me. Just call me that. It don't fucking matter to me. So, if there's actual evidence that I'm missing out on, send it to me. Because I'd really like to be informed on it. I mean, but other than that, I think... Yeah, I think that's it with Coda. I mean, I'm going to try to keep this a small podcast around like 35, 40 minutes, by the way. I just don't want it to be dragging on too long. And You know, I talk a lot and sometimes I feel like I'm rambling on about some bullshit. I might be saying something, though. I don't fucking know. Let me know if I'm actually saying something, bro. Like fucking DM me, go to the comments, follow me. I don't fucking know. Like, let me know if I'm being a fucking dumbling fucking retard you know i might be i'm a bit of a dumbass sometimes you you gotta you gotta let a special ed motherfucker like me know all right but anyways okay so next topic what do i talk about now like i'm so fucking slow i don't even fucking i didn't have any of these topics written down I just was not mentally fucking prepared to do a podcast, and I just decided to do one. Mm. You know what? I'm a, I actually kind of want to talk about an, an actual issue, not just hip-hop related. And, and, you know, for it to be my first podcast, I think, I and it's something that means a lot to me, 
I don't know why it does. You know, I, I do know why it does. <laughs> Alright, so my my biggest thing is within the within the correctional within the correctional system that we you know, especially being in Texas, like the correctional system is so big here, it's like private prison systems are our biggest business, like by far. Like it's not even fucking close, right? So you know, that made me really think because I almost, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people for like very small things in Texas will find themselves in a position where they might go to prison off of something very little. You piss behind, a, you, let's say you fucking piss behind a fucking all's ups or something. You get caught with that thing out with your thing out or whatever. Dick just hanging and just, just chilling there. That's a second degree felony. You can get caught with a second degree felony. And that is absolutely fucking insane, bro. Like, it is really insane to think about. But the main thing I wanted to talk about within the treatment of the inmates within the prison system, it's not about... Well, I mean, I guess it is kind of about the Priya thing. It, it, yeah. And by the way, Priya is Prison Rape Elimination Act. It has to do with Priya. I mean, it just has to do with inmates, like, in general. So, I, w- I would like to say this, right? Within within the transgender community, the, the homosexual community, well, I mean, the, just the LGBT community in general, right? Whenever they do find themselves incarcerated, it's usually for very small things like prostitution, drug addiction fucking theft from like stores and shit it's never really fucking they're never really pushing dope they're never really fucking doing anything too fucking crazy i mean i've I've met a few gay dudes that pimp girls out but that was the extent i've met of a gay dude who was doing some real crazy street shit so my whole thing is right when you put these but when you put these flamboyant, like the people I'm talking about, like I'm talking about the people who get preyed on, you know what I'm saying? Like a trans transgenders and flamboyant gay men will get preyed on immediately. Gay women in prison, not really. Gay women are fucking just alphas. Them bitches are alphas, bro. <laughs> so whenever these flamboyant gay men and transgenders hit, basically hit the prison block or whatever, I mean. You so, so when we get into Priya, right, I guess it really depends on what fucking unit you're in or whatever, but Priya, the Prison Rape Elimination Act, I think it happened in 1997, I could be wrong, I, I, yeah, I'm probably, I, I'm probably fucking wrong, but I believe the Prison Rape Elimination Act actually made it possible for inmates to have a rape charge added if you rape a man in prison, which it wasn't before. Right, so that's essentially what that is. But here's the thing. They don't really charge rape unless it's like full-blown, straight-up rape. Like, not any of the pressuring and, like, they don't really consider that rape. You gotta be, like, forceful, like, fucking screaming, I don't want that shit. No, like, no consent whatsoever. Not, I felt pressured into it. And so, like I was saying within the transgenders within these prisons, right? 
you would think they would get their own, like, like within the population they go to, you would think it would be with with gay men and other transgenders. You you know you would think that's what would happen, but no, a lot of them end up going to gen pop. Like I shouldn't say a lot of them, but some of them do end up going to gen pop. Some of them end up having to do solitary time, which is fucking brutal. If you've ever done solitary time, you're essentially trapped in this fucking. This itty bitty cell, you got a fucking table and you got a bed. You get to fucking go out for wreck once a week and you're by yourself the entire time. It's fucking brutal. You can't really talk to any, and it really depends on where, if you're on the still doors, the 24-7 still doors, ooh, you're fucked, bro. You can't talk to anybody, you can't talk to the people in the other cells. It's an absolute fucking brutal thing to go through so they'll get put in that or like possibly the even worse scenario like they'll get put in fucking gin pop and whenever they get stuck in gin pop they're kind of forced to either go find a boyfriend that will protect them depending on how big they are right because some transgenders fucking six five all hokey looking and shit like they're probably not gonna get fucked with but I'll just speak in general, like, transgenders will be more than likely targeted along with flamboyant gay men. So they get stuck in gym pop, and they almost immediately have to find a boyfriend, or with, or they'll get targeted. Like, And that's the problem. Like, if we can't put them with other transgenders and gay men who are more, you know, who are more their speed, where they don't have to fucking worry about being targeted, targeted for their box... I don't mean pussy, by the way. I mean, like, they're fucking commissary. So, that's the that's a big issue for me. I It's a hot-button issue, too, because there's not, there's not really any direct fix unless you want to send all the transgenders to one prison, all the gay people to one prison, and segregate it like that, which is actually safer for the individuals. It just depends on what you think, on what your opinion is, on, like, what, what is your perspective on it, you know what I'm saying? Because everyone else has, nobody has the same fucking perspective on one thing, right? And that's the, and especially this being the issue that it is, and because it deals with segregating and uh, segregating a people from a segregating the LGBT community from the straight community within prison, and whether that's a good thing or not, I mean, I think it's a necessary. I think it's a necessity, man. Like that has to happen. Because a lot of, let's say straight men, <laughs> will see gay men in prison. And, I mean, I, I guess I get, if you're doing 20 years, you see a fucking, you see a transgender, you probably don't want to fuck. I get it. Or you see a fucking, or you see a fucking gay dude who looks a little bit more feminine. I, yeah, I get it, bro. I ain't hating on it, but... It's just the thing of prison being, having this bully ass mentality and you really gotta be, you really gotta be ready for that shit. And a lot of, especially if you're a transgender woman and you're already fucking taking estrogen, estrogen pills and shit or whatever the fuck they do. I'm not fucking transgender, so I can't tell you how they feel. So how they feel or what they do or what pills they take or shit like that. I can only fucking assume 
But regardless, it's a bad situation for him. You, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and end it here. Guys, uh, give me your thoughts on the podcast. I don't know if I did too good. Honestly, I feel like I kind of just... I winged it heavy. You feel me? Like, uh, I did wing it heavy. I winged everything in this bitch heavy, bro. I, I feel like I was so off topic on the transgender thing. I don't even know. But yeah, this is Cloud Academics. This is Base Scott Stoney. I'm going to be looking for a new co-host. I was just recording the first episode, letting people know. All right, love you guys. I'm out.